You're listening to a BGE podcast. Friends and family gather round and fire up the barbecue. Let the smoke waft and float, that's what we're gonna do. You can't deny there's nothing like friends and family and food. Don't sit still, pull out your grill, we're gonna have a barbecue. Welcome back to another episode of the Blind Grilling Experience. My name is Chris Peltz. I am the most interesting griller in the world. We've got a great episode for you today. If you're interested in learning about rubs and sauces, what it takes to get into the business a little bit about uh, a certain particular rub and sauce company, we got a special guest with Mikey K. Stay tuned. Welcome back, folks. We appreciate everybody tuning in and listening to the Blind Grilling Experience. And we've got a great episode ahead for you today. We are joined by owner-operator of Fire Smoke Barbecue Rubs and Seasoning Sauces, Mikey K. Mikey, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, buddy. How are you? Oh, yeah, man. Finer than a frog's hair split three ways, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, things are things are great. Things are great. So, but I, I'm excited about uh, talking to you about your seasoning and rub, um, you know, things that you've got going on. Um, but uh, before we do that, if you want, just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, you know, maybe how you got into this, wh- where it all started, and uh, maybe uh, what you're looking forward to in the future. Oh man, that's a loaded question, but yeah. sure, we can we can try. We'll give you the Reader's Digest version of it. Um, so my name is Mikey K. I'm the pitmaster of Fire and Smoke Barbecue Company. We're based out of Chicago, Illinois. Um, for any of you guys that have been following us for a little bit, we are moving down to Jacksonville, Florida. So I guess I got to start getting used to saying we're based out of Jacksonville, Florida, uh, which is a very difficult thing to kind of do, and and. transition your mind to it you know what i mean uh when you're so used to telling people where you're from but uh i was i was uh, our pit master for since 2017 uh we were a food truck we mainly did pop-ups and you know different food truck events and stuff like that we worked heavily with breweries um in the chicago land area and uh we did we did pretty well there um, and the rub line, I mean, I've always used my own seasonings in, in the, in that sense. We never, we were never, uh, a business that used commercial rubs or commercial seasonings from anybody else. So I developed all of those and we started getting asked by customers if they could buy those, you know, they were like, we really like your flavors. Could we purchase them? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> we don't sell them. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they were like, yeah, but could you like, you know, could you could you sell them to us? And like, at first we were like, yeah, sure. And we were like, you know, selling just little bits of whatever. And then I was like, why don't we bottle this and start start selling it, you know, at pop-ups and, and events? 
So one thing led to another. We started looking into how to do that, started looking at what, what it would take and all that. And we, we wanted it to be small batch. We wanted it to be in-house. We wanted it to be, we wanted to really care about those flavors. So we started the company, we, we basically started this, the seasoning part of the company. And as it like developed, it, somehow it like in my brain, I was like, okay, well, we have this one. Well, what if we do, you know, what if we, we do the, besides our pork rub, what if we do this rub? What if we do our brisket? And it, it's like the line just slowly started to build. And then it was, okay. Um, I had been teaching barbecue classes also during, during this time. So I was using them all in barbecue classes and selling, selling bottles. And then it was, okay, let's try getting into retailers. So we would slowly start to get into retailers and it, it was starting to grow, grow slowly and naturally um, and slowly being the key word because it was never, it was never, um, it was like, a, it was never front of the line. The food truck had always been, been front of the line. I mean, in the summers we were doing, you know, 80, 90 hours just on the food truck and just cranking and doing festivals and, and, and doing all that kind of crazy stuff. So I never really, we never really pushed the rub line as, as first priority. It was always a great moneymaker, but it was never the first priority. And now that we're moving down to Jacksonville, we're actually going to be kind of, kind of changing gears, um, growing in our barbecue life as, as we may. And we're going to be starting to push the rub line, uh, way heavier. It's going to become the first priority, uh, we're going to be doing a lot more egg fests. We're going to be doing a lot more uh, classes. We're going to be doing a lot more of that kind of crazy stuff to really get the name out there about about what we do. Our rub line, honestly, it's made for somebody who, who cares about what they're using. Um, we don't use any preservatives. We don't use any anti-cake. We don't use any fillers in any of our rubs. Um Almost none of our rubs contain sugar. Only one of our rubs contains sugar. And that would be our second city, which is a sweet rub. And believe me, I tried, I tried my hardest to not put sugar in a sweet rub. And it just, you just couldn't do it. I could not get enough sweetness. And I, let me, let me edit myself right there. Uh, it's not that I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it and make it affordable in that bottle. You know what I mean? If oh, I yeah. wanted that bottle to cost $35, I could do it all day long, but no one's going to pay $35 for a seasoning. So yeah, yeah, like, right. you know what I mean? It was in order, in order for it to make sense and for, for it to fit with the line, uh, that that's what we, you know, we, we had to put some sugar in it. So that's the only one that carries sugar. Nothing else carries sugar. Everything is bold, beautiful flavors. Uh, we use sea salt instead of regular salt. Um, not because I think, uh, you know, kosher salt or any, anything else of that is, is bad in that nature. I just think sea salt's a little he healthier. And to be honest, with the seasonings that we've developed, a lot of them are meant to be, are meant to help the backyard guy. They're meant to help the guys that cook. Uh, without having so much sugar in it, you don't have to worry about it, about it burning or about it caramelizing too much. 
and you're still coasting all these beautiful flavors and all these beautiful colors out of it. You're just not worried about that sugar content burning. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's awesome. I mean, that consideration, that thought, cause um, uh, yeah, I, I've actually gone keto for a little while and trying to find something without sugar is, uh, is almost impossible, um, anymore with, with sugar's um, cheap. That's right. I know it. Yeah. You know, that, that, at the end of the day, sugar is cheap and it, our bottles come in seven ounce shakers, except for shiitake. Shiitake is the only one that's a five ounce shaker. And that's just because, I mean, that, that bottle is, is pure love. And, um, if, if it was a seven ounce shaker, it would be, it'd be even more expensive than it already is. And, um, the reason, the reason we're smaller is you don't need as much of our stuff. Uh, you don't have to put, you know, half a bottle on something to coast out a ton of flavor. Yeah. Wow. You can get good flavor out of it. You know what I mean? You're, you're, you're not, you're, you know, you don't have to use half a bottle and, when, when I was in developing all our seasonings and all of our flavors, I really, I really thought really hard about what flavors I really wanted to use and how I wanted them to hit, hit your palate and how I wanted you to kind of ride the wave of flavor as I like to say. Yeah. The reason I do that is so that you get that crunch and then you also get that black pepper on the back end that's going to keep you going. And it's going to help build that black pepper throughout the whole, whole, whole thing of a giant cut of meat. You know what I mean? Sure. Brisket, brisket. There's a lot of meat. There's only so much surface area. So you need that bold flavor to help cut those fats and, and, and all that stuff. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and you guys package it, uh, bottle it all yourselves right now. Um, as of right now, yes, we, we have, um, recently we, we have switched to a co-packer. I don't know when this podcast is going to be airing, mm -hmm. but, um, we, as going forward, we will be, we are switching to a small batch co-packer. So we will still be, we will still be, um, hand bottled, hand filled and mixed. Everything will be you know, the same, the nothing there, there will not be a change in, in the, in what's inside the bottle. Yeah. Now we're going to change a couple things. We're, we're changing our sticker labeling just a little bit. Why? Because we normally have two stickers. Well, that's a lot of man hours to put a sticker on one side and a sticker on, a, on the backside. We use square bottles, so you can't put them in a machine and just roll them. So we're, we are switching to a single sticker instead of having the front and the back. Now, this is, this, this is twofold reason. One, it saves on labor. Two, one of my biggest pet peeves is that people take pictures of the back of my bottle and it drives me crazy because <laughs> <laughs> they, they'll, they'll post the, they'll, they'll have this beautiful photograph and it'll be of the back of the bottle. And it's like, man, yeah, yeah. You could have had such a cool photograph and it's the back of the bottle. Yeah. No one wants to see the back of the bottle. <laughs> I can't use that in publicity. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I can't sh I can't shove that out into the internet. I mean, I, I can, yeah. but I just don't, I don't want more of the back of the bottle. So I have, 
I, I did, I, I worked so hard on developing the labels that we, that we made. Uh, we wanted those beautiful, clean labels. We didn't want, um, like when, pe- when people look at it, we didn't want that like gimmicky, cartoony barbecue. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, but that's not the, you know, that's not what we were going for. Um, we want to be in high-end butcher shops. We want to be in, you know, in, in the, in the high-end, you know, mm-hmm. retailers. And I feel like if you have cartoony stuff, it's hard to get in those. True. Now that doesn't mean you can't, but I just, I want, I want somebody to look at it and go, damn, that's a, you know, that's a, that's a brand I want in my shop. That's uh you know, that, that looks beautiful. I really want, I really want to make that work. And I'll, I'll tell you, and I know this isn't necessarily something you thought about, but going to a single label, especially on a square bottle like that, that's actually going to benefit those who are blind or visually impaired because if they have to hold it up or they have to take a picture of it and send it to somebody, you know, to ask them what's on it or to have certain apps that will read things to them like Envision or something like that, they can hold the phone up to it and um, and not worry about whether they've got the right side or not. That You know, they can feel the sticker and the app will just read that to them, and they, you know, they'll know they're they've got it on the right side. So that's actually going to be yeah. a benefit for for someone who's trying to use an app uh, to help you know the blind or visually impaired. So that's awesome. I will say, I never, I never, never thought of it that way. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, that's another great, great thing. I know, I know, my wife does. I believe she she's part of that one of those apps where it it pings her to help whatever. Yeah you know yeah. when when they're looking and i mean she tries every single time but there's so many people on there that that goes so quickly yes it's crazy <laughs> she's like she's like i almost never get to help because like they move so quickly yeah yeah they're seeing ai and there's um they, oh man yeah there's another one i'd that i'd be real curious what she's that's pretty cool uh that she's even uh, a part of that because that's uh uh, that's, uh, you know, a lot of my audience are using those apps and using, uh, you know, those, those assistants to, yeah. to help them. So that's really cool. I think it's, I think it's awesome. I think it's, first of all, it, it's crazy to me to think of that somebody was able to develop that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. it's just like mind blowing, but it's like so awesome, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it is. I don't know how. There's no other way to say it. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool, and that and that's a connection I didn't realize that, uh, you know, that that we even had, which is which is even more awesome, I think, uh, having you on to, to talk about this because I mean, usually we we have folks who are suffering with vision loss in and of themselves, but I mean, you know, the the barbecue community is such a huge and diverse community as a whole, and you know, there's. So many people are wondering, you know, what's the right way, what's the wrong way, which which barbecue is best, Kansas City, Memphis, you know, Alabama, Texas, Georgia, Carolinas, what you know, what is it? And and it's like, you know, personal preference, personal flavor. You you like this then whatever makes you feel happy. Yeah, exactly. And uh and that's that's the great thing about barbecue. Uh but one of the things that I noticed on your website is uh, you had mentioned on the website, it is mentioned that uh, there are, uh, award, you know, award-winning, and a one specific was SCA. So some state competitions have been won. First of all, are, have you won state competition, SCA state competitions, or 
is that uh, you and or you have not. Okay. But you've got some folks used your rubs that have. Yes. Yes, sir. We, 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 we've, uh, I, I haven't because working the food truck for the last seven years, I just, I haven't had time. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I know that sounds so, so like horrible, but it's like, I haven't had time. I, you know, all those things happen on the weekends. And unfortunately, like, like I said, it, you got, I got to go to work. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody had to get up and cook all those briskets for the weekend. So I wasn't able to go, go play with the SCAs as much as I would love to, as much as I wanted to. Um, I just wasn't able to. And we have, we have friends that use them. We have a pro team that uses them and, and they, they've been using them and they did very, very well. Um, one of our members uh, took it to the world championships. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I think if he didn't have, he had a, a small little hiccup while plating and, and, you know, an egg yeah. fell over. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, you know, some stuff happened where, you know, it's the world, it, you know, it's mm-hmm. world food championships and there, there's nerves and, and everyone's, you know, running around and, having these, these hectic nerves. And, and sometimes that happens, unfortunately, you know, yeah. it was his, it was his first showing at the world's. Uh, he will be back. I promise you that. Um, uh, Southbound Rob, he's a fantastic, he's a good friend of mine. Uh, but he, he used our Estes Avenue on it, um, on a couple or on his dish that got him there. And uh, he used Estes Avenue and, and, and the classic. And then um, Shiitake has, won a couple state cookoffs mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So that's, those are our two that are Estes Avenue and Shiitake are probably our two that are most used in competition worlds. Yeah. Um, obviously Estes as, as a whole, they, they, they will change it a little bit. What they will do is a lot of the guys will grind it a little bit more um, because that rub has a lot of texture yeah yeah sure and 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 sometimes you have to grind it a little bit more just to you know get rid of a little bit of that texture so that bite has a little bit cleaner on a steak but it it's it's a fantastic rub i know i know that i like the texture i personally like the texture of the rub yeah so but it, that, it, that goes to the difference between competition cooking and oh, it's a personal yeah. cooking yeah and backyard guys you know what i mean yeah absolutely. In the backyard you can do it. You can do a whole different game. You can have a yeah. whole lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can. That, that's awesome. And uh, so I want to talk to you about some of the, the competitions you've done, especially the egg fest, you know, cause uh, I, I, I talk about the, the big green egg uh, quite a bit, uh, but it's, uh, I want to get into some of that in just a minute. Uh, and so if you'll just hang on with us and, and uh, folks stay tuned. Sure. Kickashbasket.com. For all your grilling accessory needs, check out the Kickash Basket for your charcoal management, whether you're using a ceramic grill, a Weber kettle, or other grills like the PK and the PK360. We've got a Kickash Basket for you. Also, got the Kickash Can for easy ash cleanup. We've got some heat resistant gloves that work great for high heat, taking off cast iron and lots of other things from the grill. 
Go to kickashbasket.com and let them know Blind Grillin sent you. So, so Mikey, with all of this, these rubs and and I mean, we haven't even talked about sauces. Uh, I mean, right now we're just getting, you know, the the rubs. But in developing those rubs, you know, do, did you have? Uh, I, you mentioned earlier you had something in mind to begin with, but it sounded like the, initially it was really focused on the pork more than anything else. Is that did I miss yeah. something? Yeah. No, no, no. You didn't miss anything at all there. Um, that was like kind of the first the first rub that we that I ever developed. I, I made like years years ago, um, and I think it was I think everyone kind of plays with seasonings and developing your own flavors when you start playing around with cookers. So I started, I started playing around with it and I just, I kept coming back to it. I kept coming back to that same rub and tweaking it and doing whatever. And that, that actually ended up being our windy city. And what it's a pork chicken and fish rub. Um, When you're using it on seafood, go very, very light. Uh, When you're using it on a pork shoulders, you can cake it on a little heavier, obviously. Mm. Um, but that rub also, that rub has absolutely no sugar in it. Uh, so that's the cool thing about that rub. And I, I just kind of kept coming back to it and it kept coming back or kept going with me throughout the, throughout the phases of my grilling and my, and barbecue career. And, um, when, when we were starting the food truck, I was like, okay, cool. We'll, we'll use this seasoning as the, as, as the, as the flavor because i'm like i'm not going to use somebody else's flavors and sell it and say that it's my you know that it's my product Mm -hmm. um and not that there's anything wrong with using commercial commercial spices uh for your for your your stuff but i mean i think when you're when you're cooking and you're creating something for you you want to put a little bit of you know you want your flavors in there you don't want to coast somebody else's flavors and then be like well we tweak it a little bit no, I wanted my own flavors. I really wanted to own the product. I wanted to feel, I wanted to feel connected to it. Yeah. And I think when you, when you feed somebody, it's a very powerful thing. You're, you're giving them food, which is, you know, it, it's one of the most important things to me. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to coast those flavors and get, and give them good flavors and then I was like, okay, cool. Well, I need to do the same thing for brisket. So I started working on a brisket rub and started working on my own brisket rub, obviously. And then that that's where, you know, six corners came out of. And on, on the truck, we were basically just, we were, we did brisket, we did um, pulled pork, and then we did pork belly burn ends. And those were our three main staples through, through the entire time. Yeah. So those two rubs, I mean, pretty much seasoned almost everything besides our classic, which our classic is salt, pepper, garlic, and onion. And that's it. And that's just, to me, that's just a classic, simple seasoning that you can throw on everything. So it would go in our, it would go in our mac and cheese, you know, it would go in our coleslaw. It was just a very simple thing that I was just like, I don't feel like putting salt and pepper together all the time. So I'm just going to batch this stuff and make it in, in huge vats. So that's what we would do. Awesome. Yeah. Well, how many rubs right now do you have in your line? So we have six rubs currently. 
we are in process of making a couple more and then we have two hot sauces and then we're also in process of now that we've gone to a co-packer we're in process of working on our our barbecue sauce that we had Mm -hmm. uh we made a house-made barbecue sauce on the truck so now it's putting all that stuff down on paper and seeing how it how it translates perfectly and then scaling that and then starting to bottle that yeah which which we've wanted to (laughs) go ahead go ahead i was gonna say we wanted to bottle it for a while it was just never um we were always looking for a co-packer to do it uh we were actually going to do it like in the middle of 2020 and I couldn't find a co-packer that really wanted to even take us on Mm -hmm. at that time because everything was going so crazy with the clients that they already had. They couldn't keep up that taking on a new client. They were like, I just like, they're like, we just can't do this right now. Uh, And if they were able to do it, they wanted gigantic minimums. And at that time we just weren't ready to make that jump. Sure. You know what I mean? We weren't, we weren't ready to make that jump and now we are. So, um, we're, we're doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't so, have a release date, so sure. don't, don't go crazy, but it, <laughs> it, it, hopefully soon. Yeah. Yeah. So right now that your, your, your naming scheme, it seems to go along with, I mean, just, it, it screams Chicago basically. <laughs> right? A little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, is there any, I mean, what are, what are some of the specific, I mean, obviously everyone knows Chicago as the windy city, right? I mean, that's, um, I, that's, that's what it's known for, but, um, is uh, I'm assuming six corners, that's an area of, of Chicago so as well. Six corners. Yeah. So, uh, six corners is kind of like a, a funny one, right? There's six corners to a brick or there's six sides to a brisket. And we were trying to think of names for, for it. There's actually only six ingredients in the rub. Um, and then there's a, a place in Chicago where three streets all come, come together, right? And yeah. it's six corners. Okay. So I was like, I'm like, why don't we just call it six corners? Mm-hmm. It just fit. Yeah. All yeah. three things came together to create this. And it's like, there's six, there's six, this like the number six just kept yeah. going through it. So I was like, yeah, that's perfect. Let's just use that. Right. So um, we use that one. Uh, Estes Avenue, which is our actually, after we got married, that was the the, the street that we lived on in Chicago. Uh, we, we lived in uh, Rogers Park off Estes Avenue. Um, and that's where I got my first big green egg. So it was, it was just, there was a lot, there was a lot going on from there. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of um, great memories, a lot of great stuff happened there. So we kind of used that as, as a name. We try, I try to like use names that are kind of significant just because I think, I think it's not necessarily like super important but i just think it's cool to have like a little bit of a backstory on it on it you know what i mean yeah. like when somebody asks yeah right so, yeah 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 i mean just by hearing then, the names i i, I kind of figured there there there's got to be something to it there's some yeah there's a little and then obviously second city which is a chicago thing mm-hmm. um because it's second city because of the fire and the burn you know all that yeah, stuff. yeah yeah and then um the classic it doesn't the classic's not really a chicago thing but 
I feel like it's just it fit it fit that that rub mm-hmm. uh, really really well. And then shiitake, obviously, because of mushrooms. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the ingredient of that rub. That rub that rubs one of those things where um, we put twenty four hours worth of work into that rub before any other spice hits that bottle. So, you know, we smoke the mushrooms, we dehydrate the mushrooms, we grind them, and then they go into the seasoning mixture. Wow. Okay. And the cool thing about that is when you put it on whatever cut of meat you're putting it on, the salt in it will actually pull out the moisture, right? Yeah. And then the mushrooms will act like a sponge. Yeah. Right. And they will they will soak up and rehydrate on the meat, right? And they're gonna add this beautiful umami flavor to it and a little bit of smoke through it. And because obviously, like when they're smoking, they're pulling in that flavor, and then you dehydrate them, which locks that flavor in. And it just it brings up this beautiful flavor. And it's really not like any other uh, rub on the market. It's 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 really just a fantastic seasoning blend because because of the the mushrooms they just really do it we're we're one of i I will say i think we're one of the first rub companies ever to put shiitake mushrooms inside of a inside of a a rub or mushrooms Mm -hmm. in general inside of a rub and do what we were do what we like do what we're doing with it and um so you guys hear first if you see anything else they're all copiers yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah right <laughs> that's great but that that that's become that's kind of almost become the flagship of the line uh that that seasoning sells it fantastically people love it mm. um it's hard to keep on shelves it's hard it's hard to keep in stock um but we are you know we're we're very happy it was also one of the one of the heart one of the reasons we didn't get a co-packer for so long. Yeah. Nobody wanted to touch that with a 10 foot pole. People were like, I'll do the rest of the line. I'm just not touching that seasoning. Sure. Yeah. There's no way. And, you know, when, when I was developing that, because I, I think there's something wrong, like inside of me, uh, <laughs> you know, I was developing the seasoning and I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't you want to smoke like mushrooms? Like, this sounds like a great idea, right? Sure. Yeah. It sounds like a great idea when you're smoking like three pounds of mushrooms, right? When three pounds of mushrooms becomes 110 pounds of mushrooms twice a week. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. You start not to love the mushrooms. (laughs) You know, don't get me wrong. I still love that. I I love that seasoning. It's fantastic. I really do. Um, but the, the funny thing was like trying to source everything. And mm. the first time, the first time I needed, like, we went to farmer's markets, right. To find local farmers so that we would use high end, great quality ingredients. Cause that's what we wanted to do. So I go to this farmer's market and I'm like, we were actually working this farmer's market. Like we, we had, our truck was there. So I had to like pull the way that the way the farmer's market was, it was like a straight line, right? Mm. Like a row. And we were at one end and there was a farmer on the other end. And unfortunately, like I couldn't turn my truck around 
after dropping the trailer, right? I'd have to go through the whole farmer's market and then come back through to, to move my truck. And that was the only way they would allow me to move it through. And obviously this was before they were open. So there was nobody there and we would just go quickly. But so I stopped at him and I like rolled down the window and I'm like, Hey bud. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, do you guys sell, you know, do you guys sell Chicago mushrooms? And he goes, yeah. I go, how much per pound? And he's like, uh, well, we sell like a pound and a half for like $8 or something like that. And I go, do you sell them in bulk? And he's like, yeah, yeah, dude. I got like, he's like, I got like eight pounds on me. You, how many do you, how many pounds do you need? And I go, can I get 40 next week? <laughs> and he's like, the kid like almost fell out of his chair. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you want how many pounds of mushrooms? I'm like 40. He's like, let me call my boss. Calls his boss. He's like, we can have him for you next week. And I go, okay, cool. I'll see you next week. Yeah. So I take them, I smoke them, dehydrate them all, make the first batch, make the first big run. And I'm like, Hey, I need another 40 pounds. And he's like, Okay, and that was like at that point, this was like way, way early in in the um in it. So at that point we were doing we were doing about forty pounds a run. And it was you know, whatever. It was like every three to four weeks, and they were fine. And then it started becoming can we do sixty pounds a run? <laughs> so we're doing sixty pounds every every four weeks. And then it was I need, I need 80 pounds every other week. Mm. And he was like, okay, keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. And then it was, I need a hundred pounds every single week. <laughs> and he's like, what are you doing with these mushrooms? Yeah. He had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Right. No okay. idea. I never told them that we were, what we were doing. Like I never, it didn't matter. I yeah. purchased mushrooms from you. I don't need to tell you what I do with them. And he had, like, at this point when I'm like, I need a hundred pounds of mushrooms every week. He's like, what are you doing with this? Mushrooms? <laughs> He's like, you're not eating them. I know you're not just consuming yeah. them. You're right. Right. <laughs> you run a barbecue food truck. So you're not selling them there. Like, what are you doing with all these mushrooms? And to the point where we were like, at our commercial kitchen, they were de they were de delivering to us, and I mean, like, they were delivering in like a white box van, right? And it was just filled with like mushrooms. <laughs> wow. Because I don't know if any like guys go pick up a mushroom and feel how light it is. Mm -hmm. Now yeah. imagine a hundred pounds of <laughs> yeah yeah, and think about how much space that takes. Right. <laughs> wow. It wasn't even like the. Because, I mean, it was, it was more the fact that, like, the boxes took up more room. Yeah, yeah. But it, it was crazy. Like, I mean, we were going we were going through about 100, about 100 pounds every week and a half. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. We're still going. Wow. That, that is so and, cool. And uh, it, it, now, now it will be taken over by a... Uh, by a co-packer yeah. but 
the co-packer that we have is just as crazy as I am. Okay. And he told me that, you know, I, I mean, we sat talked for a very, very long time about it. And, you know, he said, he's like, I won't take it on unless I know I can create. Mm-hmm. And I won't create a product that you're not proud of. Yeah. Because he's like, then I'm not proud of it. And we were in Georgia a couple weeks ago, sitting and talking to him. And we developed, we, we, we've ran tests, we've ran all that kind of crazy stuff. And he hit it. He, he knocked it out of the park. And um, there was like one or two tweaks that we had to do to it uh, on hit uh, off him trying. Yeah. But there was no, it wasn't like, Oh my God, this isn't even close. Like we have to go to square one and all that. Like, no, we were, we're on path. The only, the only thing we had to change was, uh, the way we were grinding the mushroom. Uh, Uh, and we, we figured it out in like about 45 minutes. Yeah. And that, that's probably the biggest difference that I've seen between doing a rub through a co-packer and doing a sauce when you're trying to upscale, you know, the quantities, um, in, in my experiences, sauces is where the issues really come into play. And, and it's a lot more difficult to nail that flavor in the end result with the sauces. Well, Have you had that issue or? Not yet. Okay. That's good. Uh, I, I think where you, you start to fall into that is, you can tell somebody what black pepper you use. You can tell somebody what um, what garlic you use. You can say you use a smoked paprika versus a non-smoked paprika, right? Or, you know, maybe you use dark chili powder versus light chili powder. Uh, you can, you can kind of talk through all those, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff in sauce that can throw curveballs like the ph of the water going into it because that's going to react differently with the sugars and that's going to react differently with with everything and that that's a big part of it right Mm -hmm. um and i know a lot of sauces use a lot of like people try getting it getting that sauce as cheap as possible right i mean everyone's trying to get their product down yeah absolutely to, yeah. to get better margins that's that's our goals in life um except for mine mine are horrible my my goals in life are just <laughs> get the best product out and just don't worry about it it'll figure itself out right? sure um yeah but uh so uh it's basically like sauces that's where sauces kind of start to tweak a little bit because if you, if the pH is wrong or if something reacts funny and then you start making them in mass vats, you know what I mean? You're not, you're no longer making them in like five gallons. Yeah, <laughs> you need to make sure. them in like 60 to 80 gallon runs to make <laughs> wow. any money. Yeah. So yeah. you have to start scaling. You have to start doing math and doing, doing crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> man to see to see where you're at um and it the uh, and and then there's other other things are you hot filling are you are you cold filling 
you know, mm-hmm. all those things uh, make a big difference on what happens to your bottle. Um, are you a plastic bottle or are you a glass bottle? You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. Uh, those will those will all start to affect different little things. Um, are you a hard plastic or are you soft plastic? Um, you know, so many things can happen. If you're hot filling, you want to make sure that bottle holds up to that heat. Mm-hmm. And and if it doesn't, you know, you, you have catastrophes. I mean, you, you lose thousands upon thousands of dollars sometimes on a floor. And then you cry <laughs> in your sleep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Wow. Um, and I've had friends, I have friends that have had it happen to them, and it, mm-hmm. it sucks. And it's like, what do you do? You, there, there's nothing you can do. You... Um, you know you stand up and you keep fighting the next day and you try to try to move more product to, to pay for the mistakes that you just made and 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 then keep pushing sure yeah yeah so, so I'm, gonna, I'm gonna ask you a few questions and i want to get uh, sure. into the egg fest but as far as cooking what what is your absolute favorite cut of meat to throw on a grill or a smoker mm. For me or to feed people? For you. If you're if it's if it is for Mikey K, what what are you throwing on? There's it's a tie. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. It's very difficult to, to choose just one. Mm-hmm. They're all so beautiful. Um if we're going beef, I am a huge tri-tip. Yeah. And beef rib fan. Sure. All right. There's just those two, like, those two are just two of my favorite things just to, just to have. Yeah. And I think beef ribs are, beef ribs probably win a little bit more than tri-tip does. I I think it's because like when I first started smoking, I did a lot of beef ribs. I did a lot of short, you know, like short beef ribs Mm -hmm. because it was it was just me and me and my wife at the time. And I can't cook a full brisket and then feed myself for three days. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just can't do it. Yeah. Like I don't want to eat brisket every single day for a week. I just don't. Yep. Um, so, uh, beef ribs became like a really great alternative because they taste like brisket on a stick. Yeah. And you could get them in small quantities and you still had the fun of smoking because mm-hmm. they were still, you know, a four to five hour cook. So you still got like the like fun cook time. And uh, I think that's why I love them so much Sure, because they just, they're, they're just so much fun to do. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Well, with that said, let, let's go to the tri-tip for a minute because, um, what you know there's a there's several ways right to to smoke a tri-tip what what is your favorite method for going to the tri-tip uh reverse sear okay yeah so i like taking that tri-tip nice and cold seasoning her up putting it on the on the smoker usually i like being at like 250 275 ish usually around 250 depends on it depends on if I'm doing my mini max or if I'm doing my, my XLA, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Because the mini max, like sitting at 250, 
the XL usually likes sitting around like 260. I don't know why. It just really likes sitting there. So yeah, I, I don't yeah. fight it. Sure. Uh, yeah. I didn't ask it questions. I just, yeah. I just agreed. <laughs> That's right. There you go. There you go. You know, yeah. um, I can get it down to like 225, but like it, 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 it sometimes is a struggle to get down to two. Like it, it fights me. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. It, it doesn't, it doesn't want to hum as beautifully as it does when it's at, at, yeah. at 260. Um, so I'll, I'll do it around two, like I said, around 250, uh, until we hit an internal temperature of like 120, 125, and then I pull it off, let it rest. And then I'll crank that, you know, mm-hmm. crank that grill, let it, let it start ripping hot and then just sear really nicely on both sides and then let it rest a little bit and slice indoor. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's And that's probably one of my favorite ways I have done it like a brisket and I like that. Uh, but it's, I mean, it changes the texture. It changes everything about the tri-tip when, when you do it, it that does. way, but, um, and I like it, but definitely the, it's hard to beat that, that reverse sear when it's done right for sure. So I like, I, I treat it like a, you know, like a steak. Like mm-hmm. I want to, I like when I'm doing tri-tip, I treat it like a steak. Yeah. It's so a large steak. So while folks can use a brisket rub for their tri-tips, uh, do you you go into the shiitake or you what are you going to when it comes to I the tri-tip? Either go to, I either go to shiitake or I go to six corners. Okay. It depends on it depends on what how much peppery kick I want. Yeah. Awesome. That's really my uh, you know which which flavor we want to go to. Normally it's usually a shiitake day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> It's a good shiitake day on that one. Sure. Um, and then if I had to say, like, my favorite thing for pork, if I'm cooking it for my or for myself, I like cooking pork belly like a brisket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know if you've done that or not. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Slowly cook it. Just slowly let it come up to temp. Um, and that I'll cook at, like, 225 just to really let that temperature just slowly come up into it. And then I'll wrap it and I'll push that pork belly up to like 190, 195, maybe sometimes I'll even hit 200 depending on how thick of a pork belly I have. Mm -hmm. And then I'll let it rest and then slice it like a brisket. Oh, it's my favorite thing. Oh yeah, man. That's awesome. So with that, uh, you, you've got a plethora of, of smokers and, and grills at your disposal. Um, if you could only have one of them, you know, for, for the rest of your grilling career or smoking career, what would it be? Do I have to pick a size? Uh, it, what? No, no, just if, just whatever, what? Oh, definitely. Um, Oh, I'm going to get so much hate from everybody. Oh, God. <laughs> I can already feel like people judging. You're right. Um, right. I mean, I would have to say a big green egg. Yeah. Honestly. Um, Not one of your Meyer Nixons or anything? It's so versatile. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it's so versatile. Don't get me wrong. I love the way my Nixons cook. Um, I love those cookers. They're, they're fantastic. And they, they, they put in a lot of work. Let me tell you, mm-hmm. um, those babies ha- got a lot of love, love putting through them. But, um, 
And that's not, I mean, choosing the egg isn't, a, isn't downing any of, any of those other cookers. I just like the flexibility though. I like the yeah. fact that I can smoke, I can sear, I can do pizzas if I wanted to. I could do, I could bake on the egg, which we've done. Um, you can do so much with the big green egg. So if I only, if I could only have one, I would have to go big green egg. Yeah. Yeah, I'm and I, I'm with you on that for sure. Um, and it, we mentioned the egg fests earlier, right? So those are, uh, I think they're picking up. There's there's some already have taken place. You just got back from or just got away from one up. Yeah, in, we just uh, did the uh, the new, new England. I was gonna say Connecticut, but yeah. yeah, the New England egg fest. They changed the name this year, guys. They yeah. changed the name. So <laughs> nice thing. Yeah, uh, right. So, so you do but, several egg fest though. I mean, you've you've done several that, we, and and we're gonna be doing a lot more coming up. Right, which which is awesome. So, what what's one of your favorite things to cook at an egg fest? Um, you know, to to feed a bunch of folks. I'm gonna give my secrets away. Oh no. <laughs> um. So, and if I start seeing this all over, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna get real mad. Uh. <laughs> So we did we did an egg fest in Wisconsin, right? Mm -hmm. And I I was still with, or not that I was still with, but we had like we had like three events that day. Um, I had a business partner still that then, and so we had like three staffs going everywhere. And I was like, cool. I got two different caterings. I got um, a pop up at night that I have to be at. And then I have a big green egg fest that I'm, I'm doing. Well, I don't have any more staff to come with me. Yeah. <laughs> right? you, yeah. you see where this is going, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I have to be able to cook and I have to be able to give them something to eat. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so how do I make this easy for me and not like go crazy trying to prep food and like do all this kind of stuff? And I was like, I got it. If I want to do a build your own mac and cheese bar. No. So that's what I did. We did we did a giant pan of mac and cheese, right? And everyone's just taking small samples. So a full pan of mac and cheese. And then I was making just a bunch of different stuff on the egg. So I did vent I grilled venison. I did um cross-cut beef ribs. I did bacon. I did chicken we did pulled pork and everything everyone just kind of built their own stuff and then we had we had our house made barbecue sauce and then um at the time we didn't have hot sauces so i didn't we didn't we weren't pushing those but you could do that and then i had a couple of our, our seasonings out and you could just put on whatever you wanted and and build your own mac and cheese bar yeah and and at the t and it to me it was like well if if your sample sucks, it's your fault. Yeah. You made it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, genius, man. That's awesome. <laughs> and I thought, it, I thought it was cool because it was yeah. very interactive right. and it brought people in really, really nicely. Mm -hmm. It made, you know, it made people really, really excited about asking me questions. That's one of my favorite things about, about big green egg fest is getting questions asked about what we're doing on the cooker. And, oh my God, you can do that. You can, yeah. you know, you can, 
you can smoke and you can sear, you can do this, you can do that. I never thought about cooking that on, you know, cooking that on a, on a, on a grill or cooking it outside. And I never thought about smoking mac and cheese. I never thought about doing smoked deviled eggs, um, which were the, the bane of my existence. Yeah, uh, right. I don't know if you ever done smoked deviled oh, eggs. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're great. Somebody orders 180 of them and then it's, they're no longer great. Yeah. Right. <laughs> then it's, then it's uh, like, okay, cool. We have to smoke 180 or we have to smoke 90 eggs. We had to do more just in case things yeah, yeah. didn't turn out. Yeah. But we were, you know, mm. Oh, that was a, that was a fun day. <laughs> or a real fun day. Uh, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I never thought anyone would be like, "Yeah, I want a hundred and eighty deviled eggs." I was right. like, "Okay, cool, here we go." <laughs> but you know, we we did all these fun stuff. Like, I also did a um, we did a polar barbecue, and this is one of my favorite cooks on, on an egg, um, in the winter, is I wanted to, you know, we all you grew up. Did you grow up in uh, Missouri? Yes. Yeah, I grew up in Missouri. You guys got you. I mean, you still got a little cold. You don't get super cold. Yeah, but we, yeah, we were on the line between a little snow to the north and then ice and, not, and yeah, yeah. But you still remember those like cold winter days, right? Oh yeah. And yeah. like one of my favorite things was tomato soup and grilled cheese. Mm-hmm. So I was like, how do I make that one? And I was like, okay, so if we take like Pillsbury dough. And if we take tomato soup with cheese and freeze it in cubes, we could wrap the dough around it, right? Yeah. So what we did is we, we froze the, the, the tomato soup with cheddar cheese inside of it already, right? And then wrapped it with dough. And then we put all those balls into a giant cast iron pan. And then... We brushed them with butter, threw them in the egg at like, I think it was like 400 or 450, no, 400, because I know we didn't go to 450, at 400. And as that dough rose and cooked, right, it melted the soup inside and the cheddar cheese. Yeah. So when you took a bite of it, it was like taking a bite of like... So, like, like a grilled cheese a sandwich of, dipped in of, of a grilled cheese yep yeah yeah dipped in tomato soup and everyone wow. was like how can you? they're like you can do that on the egg and yeah. i'm like yeah yeah like that's the cool thing you can do so much on the egg you can do mm-hmm. soups on the egg um you know what i mean like you can do so many things on it and one of the other awesome things about like big green eggs is you can do like your whole meal on it yeah, especially right. if you have the expanding like the expansion system mm-hmm. where you get two racks now and you know, you want something a little hotter. You want something a little cooler. You want, you know, you can move things around. You don't have to make your wife mad at you in the kitchen. It's great. Uh, yeah, that's right. I know it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We all know it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the more, that's... the more you can cook outside, the happier she is exactly. for sure. And I mean, that's like, I don't, I don't know if you've been to a big green egg fest or not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But they're, they're amazing. 
they're they're so they're so like community based and that's that's yeah. what i love about them and being able to talk to people and hang out with them and uh hang out with the cooks and and yeah they're they're a competition per se yeah. but everyone's there having a good time together and everyone wants to spread the love of barbecue and 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 what we do and and i think that's why i love big green eggs like eat egg fest so much because mm. there's really almost nothing like them right uh yeah absolutely i mean i've 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 only competed in egg fests um I, i've been to other barbecue competitions kcbs and scas but i've you know um kind of observing t- tasting and things but when it comes to competing i've done the the egg fest and um yeah i mean it's they're they're so much fun um and in fact i was on the excellent team egg excellent uh egg team um in 2017 that won there in georgia at the the big yeah it was it was awesome a lot of great folks and uh, i've won several here in missouri and one in illinois and uh, i love them I, they're just they're you know uh they're they're so much fun because you're you can cook whatever you want and it's all taster's choice you know people are just really giving you a lot of feedback like you said asking a lot of questions you know, because those egg fest, right? For folks who don't know, you're they're providing the egg that you're cooking on as a cook team, because someone has purchased pre-purchased that egg at a yeah. little discounted discount. rate, right? They get a little discount. Yep, and we so we get to cook on it, and then they get to walk through and taste what all the teams are cooking, and and learn, you know, what can be done on that egg is basically just a a whole bunch of demos going on. And then they take that egg home that evening and uh, and and start practicing with what they've learned at the egg fest. It's it's just a really cool setup altogether. I love it. Oh, I mean, I think people that buy eggs from the egg fest. I mean, they go home with a, an arsenal in a sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like because they they ran around and talked to a bunch of the guys and being like, okay, cool. So I'm taking and and obviously there's some guys that that buy demo eggs that already cook on eggs and they're just like hey i get a get a little bit of a discount so this is nice but for the for the newbies the, the people that just bought an egg and they're they're super excited they'll run around and talk to all the cooks and hey so what are you doing how are you doing this and i don't think there's a single cook that's like don't come around here it's no come, come here let me show you this yeah let yeah. me show you like let me open the egg let me let me show you how i how i have it configured how i set it up um if you're smoke, if if you're doing a little, you know, a light smoke or something, well, I, I put, you know, I put these chunks in it. Um, we lit it. It, 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 you know, we're trying to keep it at two fifty, or we're trying to keep it at three hundred for the day, or whatever. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's fantastic. You just have all this, all these people that are coming around this community, and then learning, and everyone's always so happy. Right. I don't, I don't think I've ever been at an egg fest and someone's like, I hate being here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 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 Now I've left a few and said, I'll never do that again. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm back the next year because it's so much fun. Yeah. See, yeah. <laughs> yeah, see I'll never, yeah. No, I'm not doing that. I'm so what, what day is it next year? Yeah, I know. That's What's right. The day? That's right. I should put it in my calendar. Exactly. Yeah. That's the way it is, man. Wow. 
Well, well, what what is what's your website? Let everybody know where they can find out more about you and about your rubs and everything you've got going on. So our website is fireandsmokebbq.com. Um, our Instagram is firesmoke underscore bbq. Um, I wish I knew the Facebook, but I'm just not that good. But if you go to the website, uh, like I said, it's fireandsmokebbq.com. Uh, that'll that'll give you all the links to everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the main hum. You can order order anything you want off the off the uh, website. We do ship worldwide. I don't know. I know this podcast could be uh, digested by anyone in the world, yeah. which is fantastic. Um, we ship worldwide, uh, and you know, and we ship the whole line worldwide. So it doesn't matter what it is. Awesome. Um, new products will be coming out soon. We also, uh, we also do barbecue hot heat, uh, or high heat gloves. Um, so that's something that we also offer in our line. Um, and I, I personally think they're the coolest barbecue gloves around, but you know, it might be biased. Yeah, they do sure. say pork and beef across the knuckles, which is pretty cool. <laughs> um, and I, I think if you're cooking pork and beef, I mean, it, it's a no brainer. Right. So. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Oh, sweet. Sweet. All right. Well, that's awesome, man. Mikey, I appreciate you uh, joining me and talking um, about your your story, your your line of rubs and and uh, and things you've got going on, and looking forward to uh, the the new stuff that you've got coming out. No doubt about that. And uh, who knows, maybe I'll catch you at an egg fest sometime. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I hope so. I hope we I hope we cross paths in more than just the internet. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> real right. life is always nice. It's, it's fun to meet people. That's another cool thing is like when you do these egg fests, when, when you get to meet the people that you talk to mm-hmm. online and then it's like, you're like, Hey, I'm this person. You're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, I'm X, Y, Z on Instagram. And then they're like, Oh, I know exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You know what I mean? Because you're so used to seeing like food pictures mm-hmm. that you don't always see the person's picture. Yeah. <laughs> you don't always know. And then it's like, Oh, I know you. Yeah. I know yeah. a lot of you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah man that's that's awesome that is cool all right man well thanks again and uh we'll look forward to like i said uh hearing about some of those new rubs coming out and maybe we can get you on again sometime that'd be great too absolutely my friend thank you anytime we had a great i had a great time yeah thank all right you so much Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Friends and family. All right, folks. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Blind Grilling Experience. Hope you've enjoyed our conversation with Mikey K from Fire and Smoke Barbecue Company. Check out his rubs and his website. All that will be in the description. Remember, if you're looking, you ain't cooking. Barbecue keeps us together when life wants to tear us apart. Barbecue, no matter the weather, under the sun or the stars. Fire is burning, the world keeps turning. Don't worry what you gotta do. Cause if you're looking, you ain't cooking. Fire up the barbecue. Fire up the barbecue.